When I asked Eric Latch how he ended up marching across the Brooklyn Bridge the other day, shoulder to shoulder with city workers protesting the mayor's COVID vaccine mandate, he said it all started with this flyer. Let me see if I can pull it up for us and I can just read from it. Eric writes for The New Yorker. A firefighter had forwarded him this note, which was an invitation, really. Um, It said, NYC workers anti-mandate march for choice, uh, Monday, October 25th, 11.30 a.m. Wear your job t-shirt, make signs, bring your families. There are tens of thousands of us. This is our last stand. Dramatic. Yeah, it was sort of unclear at the time. You know, I was talking to this firefighter and it was like, is anybody going to go to this? In our health lead today, massive crowds of protesters shutting down the fabled Brooklyn Bridge today. They are enraged over New York City's Friday deadline for city workers to get vaccinated or risk losing their jobs. The answer to this question turned out to be yes. Thousands of New York municipal workers showed up and gave speeches and waved placards. When Eric joined them, he says it wasn't exactly what he expected. It wasn't just a kind of like uh, right wing political rally. Like I've been to Trump rallies like this was not that. It was colleagues kind of standing around, everybody kind of saying hi to each other, hugging each other, high fiving each other. Like there was some guys smoking cigars. You want to be vaccinated? Be my guest. I don't care. Just don't tell me what I have to do. Mayor de Blasio said. I don't know. I probably had conversations with like 50 people and like five or six of them said they were vaccinated, you know, and that they were just there to support their colleagues' right to choose. The whole time, Eric kept asking himself, how is this going to end? It's funny, looking at some video of these protests, I saw this one sign that stood out to me. It didn't say much. It just said, I am very angry. And to me, (laughs) I saw that and I was like, that's the whole thing. (laughs) We're all very angry by this point in the pandemic. And I wondered if that was what was going on. I think that's a big part of it. These are people who were deemed essential workers who, you know, went into work through the pandemic. You know, sanitation workers were on the backs of garbage trucks like in March and April and May 2020 when nobody knew if COVID was, you know, transmitted by surfaces, you know, and they're handling everybody's garbage. I talked to to one EMS worker who was there. She had brought her daughter. She was vaccinated, but she was just, you know, she was just pissed. I mean, she was just like, you know, we... We worked through the pandemic. You know, they told us just to reuse our masks, you know, at the beginning when there wasn't enough PPE to go around. And, you know, we got shunted this way and shunted that way. And and, and, and now we're sort of being forced to do something. It wasn't even, she's not even being forced to do anything. She's already vaccinated, but she was just, you know, the, the, the frustration that her peers were, you know, expressing, I mean, was totally resonating with her. She was mad. She was like, just, just tired. Today on the show, The debate over who can dodge a vaccine and who can't is heating up. What happened with these workers in New York reveals how the fight could end. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around.
This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The latest vaccine mandate in New York City applies to all kinds of people. EMTs, firefighters, sanitation workers, cops. The mayor announced it just a few weeks ago on Morning Joe. It's a mandate now for all city agencies, all city workers. It's time for everyone to get vaccinated. And the mayor gave these city employees just nine days to get their shots. But we also need to reassure all New Yorkers that if you're working with a public employee, they're vaccinated, everyone's going to be safe. Basically, they just announced it. I mean, you know, it's like uh, the mayor, the mayor, uh, uh, I think it was a Wednesday and um, Mayor de Blasio made a couple TV appearances and put out a press release and said, uh, you know, this was October 20th was the day it was announced. And it was like, come October 29th at 5 p.m., which was a Friday. You know, if if, if you don't have a dose, you're going to go on unpaid leave. The leave would start that the following Monday. It's November 1st. And the the mandate did come with kind of like, and I wrote this in, in my article, I mean, it had a sort of a carrot and stick component where where it was like, you know, the, the, the stick was that you go on unpaid leave if you don't get a shot. The carrot was that you would get $500 if you did get the shot on time. And, uh, I, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the city workers seem to just dismiss this 500. I mean, it was like the, at least the ones at the march, the, the, the most vocally, I'm sure there was plenty of city workers who were grateful for the hot $500, no, no, no question, you know, but the ones who were most vocally against the vaccine almost wanted to treat that $500 with suspicion. They were almost like, huh. why are we being bribed uh, to get this vaccine? You know, what kind of vaccine requires a bribe in order to, like, go get it? So they, they just wanted to, you know, they just... It just shows how, like, the suspicion, once you have it, like, nothing is off limits to question. Totally. I mean, it's like, that. you know, any grounds to dismiss this that they could find, they did. This latest rule came down after months of back and forth over the vaccine. Back in the summer, the city had given workers a gentler mandate. They could get shots or show up for weekly COVID tests. The idea with that policy was that, like, the weekly tests were going to be so annoying that, like, people would eventually just give in and get the shot. Is that how it worked? Well, I think in certain departments, you know, particularly the ones that sort of turned out big for the for the march last week, fire department, sanitation department, and to a certain extent the New York Police Department, those numbers proved more stubborn than you might have expected when when that policy got put into place because those those departments were in the 60s and percentage-wise in terms of vaccination. In fact, by the end of the summer, an average city resident was more likely to be vaccinated than a city worker. So the mayor and the governor began to crack down. They started with teachers and healthcare workers. In September, City Hall had announced that the teachers and uh, the healthcare workers, you know, were going to have to be vaccinated. And this all coincided with the FDA sort of switching over the vaccine approval from emergency use authorization to just regular authorization. Yeah, I remember this because I have kids in school and it was like a few weeks before 
school started, I think, like really up to the wire. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, everyone's going to be vaccinated. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was, to- you know, you're totally right. I mean, it was it was in the swirl of the back to school. You know, it was in the swirl of like, how are we going to make school safe? How are we going to get everybody back to school? Like how, what's this year going to look like? And sort of in 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 that mix is is sort of when the this mandate comes out. And the mandate gets rid of the weekly testing option. It just says you have to be vaccinated. You have to be vaccinated. And there was an outcry from those workers and there was lawsuits that were filed in response to that mandate. Those lawsuits just didn't didn't work out in the courts uh, in, in the workers' favor. And uh, eventually, basically, what the city government did is they they worked out a deal with the union representing those workers that said that there was a slight carve out that was for medical and religious exemption. You could apply uh, for for those specific exemptions and you wouldn't have to get the shot while while those exemptions were being reviewed. So the bulk of people were buying time. And then in the end, a few of those workers would actually get an exemption. Yeah. I mean, you know, but those departments ended up at at over 95 percent vaccinated. Uh, You know, that's where they are today. Like so much of human life, people respond to deadlines. Uh, at the last minute, they're getting vaccinated. When the mayor noticed his vaccine mandate for teachers and healthcare workers seemed to be working, he decided on expanding it as quickly as possible to everyone else. That's how Eric Latch ended up in a sea of firefighters and cops and sanitation workers on the Brooklyn Bridge. The Police Benevolent Association, you know, the, which is the largest union that represents NYPD officers, you know, has been a vocal, vocal presence in New York City politics for a long time. You know, it's it's just like no surprise to see them fight with City Hall. They hate this mayor. It, it's, it was more of a surprise, I think, to see the firefighters union and the sanitation workers and, you know, and and, and parks department workers and NYCHA, the, the public housing agency, uh, has one of the worst vaccination rates in the city. I mean, their, their, their union is not like, front and center in the news or whatever, but like th- this involved city workers that haven't been part of or played very vocal roles in some of the political fights of the last, you know, few years in the city. And so to that extent, it, it, it was surprising to see sort of how, how sort of widespread this was, given that once the teachers and the health workers sort of had put their mandate in place, like this didn't, ex- it, this wasn't exactly a surprise that this was coming. I wonder how you think about the politics of this nine-day warning that the mayor gave. And I ask because I look at it now, and I think giving such a short timeline, it certainly led people to really burn hot in terms of their emotions. But they also seemed to burn fast. We had a big protest. We had a lot of worry. And then it was here. Yeah, and I and I think like no matter what, uh, there was going to be a vocal contingent of people who didn't want to do this. There was going to be some people who just refused to get the shot, and then there was going to be uh, you know regardless of the timeline you put on it, you know there was going to be ugliness. You know, I mean, it's like there was going to be you know the kind of like expression of political rage that like threatens violence. You know, that essentially you know that you had you had some firefighters that that went in uniform to the office of a state senator in in, in the city here and, and sort of demanded to know sort of what, you know, what was going on and sort of expressed their frustration. And th- those those workers were, you know, were, were reprimanded by the... They told his workers they'd have blood on their hands if the mandate went forward. Right. I think like basically like 
that seems like it would have been expressed no matter what, if it was a three month deadline or a nine day deadline or a two day deadline. I think, like you say, I mean, I, that, that there, there was some sort of contingent of city workers that would, that would feel that way and that would respond in this way. When we come back, what about the workers that are still resisting the shot? Coming soon from Slate Podcasts. So, first it was Dade County. Voters in the Miami area repealed civil rights for gay people by a two-to-one margin. In the late 1970s, cities around the country began rolling back anti-discrimination laws that protected gay people. And then it was Wichita, St. Paul, Eugene. Successful campaigns against the gay community which shocked us all. A state senator from California watched the laws fall and saw an opportunity. Homosexuality is a most repulsive lifestyle. His name was John Briggs, and he wanted to deliver the anti-gay movement its biggest prize yet. California realized that they were coming for us. I'm Christina Cotarucci. This season on Slow Burn, we'll explore how a nationwide backlash against gays and lesbians led to a massive showdown in California. Now it's something called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative. It would call for firing any teachers in California who practice homosexuality. Your life as you knew it would be destroyed. We've got to fight back. We can't let this happen in California. The Briggs Initiative would be the first statewide vote on gay rights. With so much at stake, young people became activists. We were all coming out all day long, every day. (laughs) And activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slow Burn, Season 9, Gays Against Briggs. Out May 22nd, wherever you listen. If we lose here, it'll be 50 years before we ever get back up again. Like the drag queens say, take out the earrings, sharpen the nails. There ain't no going back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As of right now, who are the main holdouts when it comes to getting vaccinated? Basically, FDNY, the firefighters, FDNY includes firefighters and EMS workers, and, and the EMS workers are close to 90% vaccinated at this point. The firefighters are still under 80%. And so they're, they're sort of a notable holdout. Why firefighters? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think that the firefighters have a really strong kind of like job identity. And, 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 you know, the other thing that we haven't really quite touched on yet is just that 
a lot of firefighters who I talk to and who have talked to other press outlets and online and stuff, you know, they say like a lot of us already had COVID, you know, we mm. had COVID, we have antibodies and therefore we shouldn't be forced to get the vaccine because we already have the antibodies. So they believe in a previously acquired immunity. Yeah, exactly. And so like that, and that argument really seems to have taken hold in the, in the fire department. And we should say, even though the evidence shows that that immunity is not as strong as vaccine immunity. You know, and, and, and the, the public health recommendations to get vaccinated anyway, they sort of dismiss that. that that's, a, that's a real argument that's taken hold. And that's part of the reason um, it, it seems like the, the, the firefighter numbers are lower than other agencies. I think of firefighters as risk takers. Like they run into a burning building. <laughs> so and it's sort of assessors. funny to me. And risk assessors. Yeah. You know, I think that they're in it, like just talking to just talking to some, especially the older firefighters, you know, and this kind of, you know, still the legacy of 9-11 and the special class that first responders were put in after 9-11. Some of them will say, you know, like we were told that working down on the pile after 9-11 was safe. And then a lot of us got sick and like there's been a multi- decade fight with Congress for proper funding for people who got sick, you know, or firefighters in EMS who, who worked on on and after 9-11 down, downtown in New York City. And, you know, and, and so still like this kind of like institutional memory and kind of residual sort of feeling of like, this is a particular kind of job and we are a particular kind of city worker. And we've taken one for the team. Yeah. You know, and I, I think so, it, some of that is definitely, you know, it's like, it's, it's just, it's just a mix of all of this stuff. There were other ways that New Yorkers were feeling this resistance from municipal employees who just weren't comfortable with the shot. Like, my trash wasn't picked up for a day or two. And I know that 311 complaints quadrupled, I think. Yeah. And union heads were warning, like, oh, we are not going to have enough people to send to fires or we're not going to have enough people to respond to medical calls. Yeah, obviously that was, you know, that that was one of the big questions going into the deadline was, is this going to affect the functioning of city government? Even if it's a fraction of the total city worker population that holds out. Was the government worried about that? You know, Mayor de Blasio seemed pretty sanguine about it all week and, you know, was just saying Friday's the deadline. You know, you got to get the city workers have to get their shots by then. And, you know, after that, we move on. Look, I'd like everyone uh, who's not yet vaccinated, get vaccinated uh, by the end of Friday. Uh, if they don't, they're going off payroll. Uh, I don't want that savings, but that does create a savings. And if we have to give more overtime and make other adjustments, there obviously will be resources to account for that. And, you know, there have been some uh, sort of anecdotal reports of, you know, like, yeah, trash piling up on on city sidewalks. And, you know, and then, and then um, yesterday, Monday, there was there's Many, many firefighters called in sick, but so far there hasn't been signs that this is really going to really mess with the, the functioning of the city government in some visible or, or troubling way, sort of in the, in, even in the, even in the short term here. Although, you know, although, although it's sort of still, still playing out. So where do we stand now? I think the latest I saw was 9,000 workers were on leave, but then 12,000 workers have applied for a religious exemption. Is that right? Yeah. So, so like there's like about 20,000 unvaccinated city workers and yeah, about half have applied for some kind of exemption and those cases will be evaluated and then sort of resolved one way or the other and yet to be seen if this is a kind of a holdout that is 
relatively temporary and a lot of those people come back or if they just hold out indefinitely. I mean, some people, uh, again, anecdotal, but there are, you know, there's a Facebook page for firefighters that I have been reading where they've been posting tributes to people who retire, you know, people who already had their 20 years, uh, in some cases, much longer than that, 30 years, 40 years, and they just opted to retire instead of getting vaccinated. There were reports that the police Benevolent Association held an event where people could donate to people who would rather take early retirement than get vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of, we still don't know how many people that, there's definitely those people exist. We still don't know how many people those are. And, and you know, over the next week or two, I think it's, it's going to be a, a lot more clear if, if we're talking about a couple hundred versus a couple thousand. As of last Thursday, 91% of all city employees had been vaccinated. That means that after lagging behind the rest of the city for months, municipal workers are now more likely to be vaccinated than everyone else. So I asked Eric, does that mean the vaccine mandate is working? I mean, I, I think that's the outcome that City Hall was looking for. I mean, they just wanted everybody vaccinated. So I, I so this is a success story. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, obviously the people who are holding out don't feel that way. But overall, I mean, I think this is a, city policy that was put into place in relatively short order got the results that they they were looking for. When you called back some of the sources who you'd met at that march, once the mandate was in effect, I'm wondering what they sounded like and what you thought the next few weeks would look like for them. I don't think anybody who I talked to, who then I kept in touch with, is holding out. You know, I heard from a bunch of people that by the end of the week, even though at the beginning of the week they sounded on the fence, like by the end of the week said, no, I'm going ahead to get it. Um, And on Friday morning at fire department headquarters, like people were, you know, were sort of lined up waiting for their vaccine. You know, this was hours before the deadline. And sort of, and so I went down there and I was just kind of trying to catch people on their way out. And I talked to one firefighter uh, who was, you know, who was like, I, didn't think I would ever, I didn't think I would get it. I didn't want to get it. But, you know, he said to me, I have, I have a car, I have a mortgage, I have a family. Like, I can't afford to not get it. So I just did it. I mean, he was like, you know, he was, he was sad. I mean, he was sad. And he said, he said to me, uh, you know, he was like, you know, you kind of, you want to stand with your, you know, with your fellows, with your colleagues. But like, at, at the end, sometimes he said, unfortunately, you have to look out for yourself. Eric Latch, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Eric Latch is a staff writer for The New Yorker. And that is our show. What Next is produced by Carmel Del Shad, Elena Schwartz, Daniel Hewitt, Mary Wilson, and Davis Land. We are led by Allison Benedict and Alicia Montgomery. And I'm Mary Harris. Go track me down on Twitter. I'm at Mary's desk. Tell me what you thought about the show. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Coming soon from Slate Podcasts. So, first it was Dade County. Voters in the Miami area repealed civil rights for gay people by a two-to-one margin. In the late 1970s, cities around the country began rolling back anti-discrimination laws that protected gay people. And then it was Wichita, St. Paul, Eugene... 
successful campaigns against the gay community, which shocked us all. A state senator from California watched the laws fall and saw an opportunity. Homosexuality is a most repulsive lifestyle. His name was John Briggs, and he wanted to deliver the anti-gay movement its biggest prize yet. California realized that they were coming for us. I'm Christina Cotarucci. This season on Slow Burn, we'll explore how a nationwide backlash against gays and lesbians led to a massive showdown in California. Now it's something called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative. It would call firing any teachers in California who practice homosexuality. Your life as you knew it would be destroyed. We've got to fight back. We can't let this happen in California. The Briggs Initiative would be the first statewide vote on gay rights. With so much at stake, young people became activists. We were all coming out all day long, every day. (laughs) And activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slow Burn, Season 9, Gays Against Briggs. Out May 22nd, wherever you listen. If we lose here, it'll be 50 years before we ever get back up again. Like the drag queens say, take out the earrings, sharpen the nails. There ain't no going back.